0: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Just Tamika. When last we met, we were interviewing Mr. Kong Fang, content creator and member of the Asian Pacific Islander community, and we are talking about his perspective on growing up Asian in America. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. So maybe to someone who might be a little older. I think I feel like younger people are more open to mental health interventions. They might be open to things yeah. like mindfulness. They might be open to because they've had more exposure to it. Yeah. But there might be someone who's listening who has an older parent or a old you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you could share or that you could think of that um, traditionally is helpful for people to to deal with emotional struggles or mental health struggles. I think for me, what comes to mind is, um, well, obviously I'm not Asian American. I'm African American, but I know like a lot of Black people have uh, spirituality ingrained, and so prayer for a lot of African Americans is something that can become a coping, uh, you know, what I mean a coping skill. Um, and I think that um, meditation looks different for everybody. And mm-hmm. and even across cultures, it can look a little bit different. Yeah. Um, are there things that you think are, are, are healing for the culture without having to some people just let's face it some people will not go to a therapist mm-hmm. some people will, and, and and i get it mm-hmm. but there is something that they can be doing right yeah. so what are some things other than the you know drink water exercise yeah. get enough sleep like
1: those essential things. right
0: yeah. Yeah. are there any things that you think you could um highlight and i again i get that you're not speaking for all people mm-hmm. just sharing your your wisdom and your yeah. your experience
1: yeah so um things that i like just to lay out the foundation like people of color and minorities mm-hmm. and especially asian america we tolerate a lot of like things so that in general like uh if we don't if we don't get this we'll be okay like if we don't go get this we'll be okay so like some things that you mentioned uh, definitely falls into the books um religion mm-hmm. uh, a lot of asian people they lean into their religion whether they're christian shamanism buddhism mm-hmm. um Make you're making your peace offerings, and there's a tr- there's a spiritual transaction. Okay. Uh, whatever that looks like for the the families or how they do it, because one family might believe in Christian, different than another family yes. that believes in Christian, vice versa, Bud- Buddhism and shamanism and and all those stuff. Uh, so religion definitely and peer support.
0: Mm-hmm. You have
1: your family. There's uh, like for example in the because uh, I'm mom, right yes. in the Mong community. Uh, people make fun of the mong people like we're like man they have like a lot of kids like they have a lot of babies but i don't think they they realize that the, the mong ethnic group it's a it's a small group it's a small ethnic group so when we see another person we're like dude your mom oh my gosh your mom yes where are you from what is your last name
0: there's that camaraderie yeah, in that. yeah, yeah.
1: because there's not a lot of us so then you want to uh create options to multiply Mm -hmm. to 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 not just to spread your roots but to be able to multiply and put us out there right that's like a whole nother conversation but (laughs) uh so there's peer support religion and definitely uh family and uh um other unique tactics that work for you yeah it's 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 all i think the most important thing is tolerance like like we learn to um like my dad and my uncle, for instance, they they can they can go into like the jungle with like nothing and, and like survive. survive. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And you yeah. throw like a like a like a newborn Asian American millennial out there or maybe like a Gen Z, they they probably might die. <laughs> if they don't have their cell phone for right? Their sake, right? You know, so like there's a lot of things
0: though. So you, you, because you're talking about um, the older people in your family, what is what is something that you would tell them? So if, and I get that traditionally, mm-hmm. not just uh, people from your culture, but men in general typically do not talk about their feelings. So yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not imagining they'd be like, hey, Kong, yeah. I'm depressed. I don't feel right. Yeah. But if you notice that either your dad or your uncle or someone was struggling mm-hmm. with, how would you help them to find self-care? Like what does self-care look like for yeah. them?
1: I would think so. Uh, well, like first and foremost, for my experience, because this is my experience with my elders. Uh, I never really grew up like having that like friendly father son. It was more
0: formal. It
1: was more formal because I felt like maybe my grandpa didn't do it for my father. Okay. So then maybe, but then he was always there whenever I needed him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. No. Like no. like like, like I love. I think I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Love is more like not not saying i love you but like have you eaten yes like how was your day yes have a good day that's the i love you right
0: i totally relate to that um yeah it brings to mind a conversation i had with um how was years ago what we ended up talking about was but it was cohorts it was ages right Mm -hmm. so like um it if like today we can say i love you we spend time we see value in those things right those who came before us, they didn't have time to do that. They were busy trying to make sure they were surviving, they had a supportive family. So I love you didn't look like hugs and, and quality time. I love you looked like me mean I love you, like I paid for the rent, you got yeah. food, like, so it was that sort of thing. It was that act of care. You
1: like clothes. Yes.
0: And you then and, yeah. exactly. You have the things that you need yeah. because I love you. And mm-hmm. it was demonstrated that way. Yeah. So I totally relate to that. And it takes me to Maslow's Hierarchy of Need. Remember the Triangle yeah. And um, for those who don't know, uh, Maslow was an American psychologist who um, came up with a -hmm. a triangle pyramid, basically. And at that bottom base level, what he's Mm -hmm. saying is that people need physiological safety. So, um, you know, keeping your body safe, making sure that you're okay, that you have food, water, um, that you Mm can take care of the basic drives before you can ascend to that next level, which is um, love and things that... you know things of, of loving, being loved, feeling loved, yeah. emotional safety. So, if the ones who came before us were concerned with physiological safety, making sure that we have food, clothing, and shelter, they weren't able to transition yet into a place of yeah. being of having the freedom, really, yeah. of thinking about things like, Oh, I love you. Do you feel loved? Um, once you climb that level, there are other layers. If you're not familiar with it, please google it. It's very simple, it makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. but essentially. It is that you have to get needs met before yeah. you can move up to to higher needs, yeah, and yeah. eventually to the place of self-actualization. Yeah. But that it, it, that's just kind of what it brought up for me mm-hmm. because I, I think that I, I think it has more to do with age, but it could also have a lot to do with. I've never had to come from another country and adapt here. I would imagine if somebody picked me up now and I had to, or I had to move my, had to leave America and live somewhere else in the, in the course of adjusting, in the course of teaching my kids to be safe in a place that I don't know, I might not have as much time for the I love yous. I might be busy trying to teach them how to survive. And I think it's very significant in the, in the African-American community because that's where my experience is, right? Yeah. A lot of the people who were coming from enslavement, and it just really was not a safe place to be black. Yeah. Um, you, you're not teaching, your, you, you know, you're not teaching your kids, um, the softer, finer points in life. You're yeah, teaching them to, I think, way back in Jim Crowism days, it was don't look a, don't look a, you know, don't look a white person in the eye. You have to avert your gaze, you know, because if your children stood up to them, they more, most likely would end up like Emmett Till lynched and yeah. beaten and all these things, right? Yeah. Um, as they paved the way though their kids had the luxury to be able to ascend to that next level and demonstrate love and care for for their kids and so um i think that's just like a powerful thing to Mm -hmm. for all of us to remember that you know our parents really are they're working with the tools they got doesn't mean they don't love us i think you just have to look for the evidence of it Mm -hmm. because you know there's and there are some that didn't do that right and so i think that's where we're getting to that place but
1: there's something on my mind and I know I don't know how much time we have but I want we're to say we're just gonna
0: it. go until we feel like we're done okay. and if this becomes a series it becomes a series
1: I have to say this there's two thoughts and if I don't say this I'll forget mm-hmm. the first thing is you mentioned a really good point about you know if you were brought overseas and you're not you're you'll be too worried about uh, other things yeah central instead of I love you our families brought us here uh, for safety we ran from like like the southeast asian american story the southeast asian story for instance yeah. that is a, a small component of this the asian american diaspora. diaspora we are like a survival a group like we lived with fear where like um, like genocide was happening like it was yes. real And like to the point where people fled their homes and talk about recent history that wasn't very long ago. That that was in nineteen like like during the Vietnam War, which is only pretty recent. So what I'm trying to say is, and they bring us here and they have these expectations, and then we adapt to American culture, and then they're like, oh, what are you guys doing? What happened? You know what I mean? And so, so what I'm trying to say is, wealth is something, and and wealth and prestige is something that they very uh, the the. The the elders really value for their children because they fought to get here, yeah. and, and and not a lot of ethnic groups get to come here, right? And not just that, but we get reminded, like, hey, you know, like you're still sleeping when it's like ten, like back then I would already be up at three doing this and this. Yeah. And not just that, but like kids that are like five or six years old, they would be like housewife like material already if they were like a, a daughter. Anyways. That's that, and um, there's this movie called The Farewell, and Nora Aquafina plays it. Oh, I'm seeing it's, it's a, you know what an indie film is? Yes. Indie films are like films that don't really, they, it may not be a big screen, but it was considered an indie film. Yeah,
0: So okay. indie films
1: are usually shown in only- uh, It's
0: called Farewell?
1: The Farewell, The yeah. Farewell. So, it's it's subtitles, So, but uh-huh. it has English components because she starts in New York and then she goes over. Uh-huh. Her, grandma, her grandma from, uh, I think it was Taiwan, is dying. Oh. And uh, of cancer, and her parents and has their siblings, her auntie and uncles, they all go and see her every year, to lie to her that uh, um, she's actually doing well, and and also there's a the, uh, they do a fake wedding like when her grandson's getting married, and it's all planned. What does it do? It helped her she's live dead. a little longer, because she she in her mind she knew that she,
0: uh,
1: her kids were her, okay. her kids were okay, so. Um, but she lived a little bit longer. But if she saw the diagnosis that she was dying, obviously it would probably would killed her, right? Yeah. Or, or she, it, it would have ruined her mm-hmm. mental health. That's why I don't know if that's why. But if you didn't know, there's a stereotype: Asian people don't go see doctors. Asian parents don't go see doctors because people, yeah. they don't they don't want them to take their money. And not just that, um, money is. I, I truly I, this is my perspective, right? Money is an issue, and also. Um, they don't want to know their lifespan.
0: I get that. And, and the, okay. the, There's
1: that. And 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 it's it might sound weird to people, but it's really black and white. So, like, uh, I think the only time I took my mom to see a doctor was when she had an allergic reaction when she tried to dye her hair and her face was swollen. Oh,
0: it happened to my friend, too. Yeah,
1: so, so then I was like, we got to go urgent care because, yeah. like, you have no choice. I have to carry, I will carry you. You know what I mean? You have Medi-Cal. Like, we got to go you know what I'm talking about and, and they yeah, don't understand that I'm sure
0: that. that was scary for her though it's
1: very very scary and she said like, oh I've done this before I'll be okay which I'm sure she probably had because I heard stories but it was when I saw it I knew I had to yeah. respond uh, me and my siblings and so so what I'm trying to say is if they are afraid to go get this, what makes you think they'll go give them help? home right and, and 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 I'm not saying like don't go give them all. please do if you need the help but what I'm saying is what's already like happening right and obviously not a lot of things can change but the people that can change it are the people that are the next generation right that will seek help right uh, because there's people that are coming out in the asian american community that are lgbtq and that's like
0: big. like like big like yes. taboo
1: right and 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 that's something that it's kind of like we are trying to catch up to what's happening now yeah. of, of what's the norm right or of like what people are going with and how to do it they don't put their kids in sports because they don't want to to have them come home with broken Injuries, arms and yeah. stuff and stuff like that. So uh I I, I hope that kind of clears up that. I hope that's an insight that kind of uh kind of clears up some of that fog of why you know the Asian American might to help not want to better understand. Yeah, the community.
0: That's, yeah I, I find it yeah. helpful and I think it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> So the question that I have is let me give you a little context first so for people who are listening and may not know um, assimilation is when you shed everything that's your identity and you blend for the sake of blending into a culture. Acculturation is where you retain some of your culture and just kind of fit in where you can so I know that a lot of minority groups or individuals, I want to say minority groups. Individual minorities need to make that decision of assimilation versus acculturation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes, in the thinking that oh well, you know, assimilation is best, you shed so much of, you give away so much of who you are, mm-hmm. versus acculturation where you're trying to maintain. Yeah. And I guess my question is, what have you noticed? In the struggle to find that balance, because mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine anybody going, "Oh, I'm going to assimilate and give up everything," and just intentionally, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe there are those who think that, "Okay, I just need to become American," not realizing that there is no yeah. what is American like this. You yeah. know what I mean? So, what are your thoughts on on that, like mm-hmm. just the balancing act of acculturale- acculturation yeah. versus assimilation?
1: Yeah, that that's a very good question, Tamika. I feel like I'm still in that journey if, if you want me to be honest like there were times where um, I felt like I didn't want to be known as Asian yeah. because and and until this day I, I, I feel like that's a wrong way to think about it but some people might feel that way uh, and I want to acknowledge that is because there's times where I was just I just was looked at as like an alien just tired, I mean? like, just tired huh? of being different and and not just that but uh, to answer your question I think it's important to find balance. The reason why is because um, your culture is a very big and important part of who you are, and if you don't uh, keep certain elements of it, it's gonna get lost, right? Mm-hmm. And and not just that, but you we live in a, a unfortunately we live in we live here in this country where if you don't adapt, uh, you won't it might not be able to employ you in certain yeah careers right um i'm sure that kind of speaks for itself um but if you look apart you might not qualify I'm, co- I'm quoting my fingers right now right. you might not qualify or fit the profile for a certain you know um let's like talk industries about, right
0: let's even talk about calling somewhere to yeah. see if they're hiring or about an interview. Yeah. And if you have a traditional or an ethnic name,
1: yeah.
0: feeling like, oh, they're not going to call me back, right? Yeah. Or God forbid you have an accent yeah. when you call somewhere. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's not just on paper. You yeah. know, it, it used to be like, okay, because um, I know there are people who, I will say I'm somebody who um, my girls do not have ethnic names. Yeah. I mean, they have names uh, of predecessors. Like two of my girls are named after my my... My oldest daughter is named after my grandmother, yeah. who was named for, well, she, let's see, my oldest daughter is named after my mother, who's her grandmother, yeah. who's named for her grandmother, yeah. and then my middle girl was named after my mom, yeah, yeah. and then my youngest girl is named after, well, you know what, we thought she was going to be the boy, and she wasn't, so yeah. she has a variation of my husband's name. Kind of like
1: a unisex name.
0: Yes. Yeah. Now, his other children have more ethnic names. Like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know if I'm should say their names or not but you know yeah but and it just kind of felt like um, you're you're stacking the deck a little bit so for me there was a struggle of maintaining um, who I am in the culture you know there's unapologetically black right there's there's the right there's that drive to do that and to be who i am and all that i am but then this very real sense of i still have to exist in this world and so do my children and i want to as a mom you want to give your kids the best shot that they can have you want to reduce or eliminate barriers wherever you can and i think um along with that just going back to a comment i made earlier where our parents really didn't feel like they had the you know they we're so worried about safety and concern. I think there's still elements of that that run through, and I think for parents especially, and I you and I feel like you understand this as someone who's about to be a parent himself. Um, there's that need to protect to to want to 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 give the, your child everything that they that they need to be okay in this world. And I yeah. think for many minorities, I know for sure I've heard about it in my culture, but um, having the talk with your kids, and when I say yeah. the talk, I don't mean um, the birds and the bees. I yeah. mean the reality of being safe as a minority in this world, how you need to act around police, how you need to be aware, how you need to, Mm -hmm. you know, these are real things. But if we don't talk about our kid, talk to, talk to these things about our kids, how are we keeping them safe? And so for me as a mother, it very much comes up where it's like, okay, part of that conversation of blending in and, you know, and giving your kids um, traditional verses, more uh or non-ethnic names i think for me that definitely falls into the category of safety and trying to keep our kids you know safe and just helping them to to i think the goal is and i I really it resonated with me when you were talking about how um some of the older people in your generation the elders would um you wanted to make sure that your child had uh success and because then you're okay if if i die tomorrow Mm -hmm. i know my kids are okay if they have an education if they have, like, have me yes table. exactly yeah. I know that they'll be okay then I can rest in peace
1: yeah
0: I don't know that if I was struggling and my kids I didn't have i didn't know if they were gonna be okay yeah. you know what I mean yeah, I, there are times as a mom I felt like well shoot I can't even die because there's yeah, so much I can't that die I, yeah, yeah, right yeah. like i mean you know, if it was yeah. a choice like not, yeah. not that i'm suicidal let me put that out there mm-hmm. but you know it just felt like I didn't even have the luxury of dying because yeah. there was so much that needed to be done, so much that I felt like my kids still needed um, that wasn't resolving or didn't feel like it was being resolved and it was yeah. just a frustrating time. But yeah. I want to thank you, Kong, so much for just sharing your heart and your spirit today. Mm-hmm. And I would like to allow you to leave any um, last words with anybody who might be listening. Like, what is one thing you'd like people to kind of keep in their hearts and their minds? Yeah.
1: Um the fight continues. I don't wanna say was what, what that to her? Maybe the fight or the battle is we're, we're still in the battle and yeah. uh I I I would really love to see like more milestones um happening and some to mention like Brenda Song and Disney, yes. um Sunisa Lee, who is actually Mong. Representing Team USA, okay. winning, winning all around in g- uh, gymnastics during the Olympics yes. recently. Uh, Jeremy Lin, the first Asian American basketball player, a point guard actually, not just some huge like center like Yao Ming, in, in the NBA, which is a dominated like uh, league with um, other you know ethnic groups too. Um, YouTubers are coming up, and I feel like I'm glad YouTube is a space that is creating voices to Hollywood absolutely so so it's it's good to the point where i think like youtubers and tiktokers are even being invited to like some oscar events but or or some of those grammar shows and etc so if you are if you are um uh a creator if you have something to say definitely um the not the right way to do is rigid or force and you know direct and all that but uh, do it do it, a, do it in a way where if, some, if it's words or something you create to be able to send a strong message sometimes some of those little things make the biggest difference Amen yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. reflecting on our conversation yesterday I think what I'm hearing is a call to arms right mm-hmm. so anybody who has a platform if you have a voice if you don't have a voice find your voice find mm-hmm. that thing yeah. that helps you to kind of speak your truth speak who you are right and I think for you is it very, very evident that it, it comes out of you in the way of your content right yeah. that's kind of your voice that's how you speak for the people that's how you demonstrate you know another you actually are someone who can be a beacon to other young people uh, other young asian americans like oh my gosh like i can be the guy mm-hmm. um you're young <laughs> you're a professional you uh, have all of these things that you create and that you do. You are doing a lot of things and I actually want to leave space for you to share how people can access some of your content, how people can um, support you in that way so that you know people can really begin to kind of... Because I, I think that you are on a lot of people's radar. You just don't know it yet. Oh, uh, um, but I think that this is a great opportunity for people to learn more about you, yeah. who you are individually, learn more about your culture and your background, yeah. and bring light to that to those who aren't seen to those who are still in the shadows Um, and to those people I say step into the light you know if you have a passion and you want to advocate for your people there Mm -hmm. are so many ways to do it you can get active especially today yes
1: today you you could get so creative and a lot of things you want to do and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's it's, it's so cool and it's just going to get easier now it's more about who's the most creative or who's the most like um, original or unique yeah. In a way, yeah.
0: Innovative, right? Innovative, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think um, it, there are so many opportunities out there too. So if even if content creating is not your thing, you can get involved with community movements, with mm-hmm. associations, with organizations. Yeah. I say though, direct your direct and focus your your attention, your time. Don't just try to do everything because you're going to burn out. Yeah. Choose those things that truly speak to your spirit and that truly align with who you are, and then you know. Add your, add your energy to
1: it. So, yeah. Yeah. so uh, if you if you guys are interested, uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's called uh, HTK Pro, or uh, that's the acronym, but it's called High Defined Concept. Uh, can you spell it pro. so that they can find it? Yes. Uh, it's H-I, and then I do a dash, and then define as D-E-F-I-N-E, and then concept, K-O-N-C-E-P-T, and then pro, uh, P-R-O, as a short for a production, um, you might not find like you're, you're going to find a lot of like uh, diverse content there because I that's the channel where I vlog and I do like personal adventures. I do um, I, I have some short films on there that I've done and submitted in the past.
0: And you also have some uh, short films that you've won awards for.
1: Yes, yes. So I've won a few uh, awards with some of the short films that they're on it. Um, you're more than welcome to connect with me on instagram my instagram is the kong m as in like matthew v and the reason why i call it the the kong mv m M is my middle initial and v is my last name is because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of kongs in my uh in the mong uh Community. that's a common okay, name yeah. i don't want to be just another kong vang i want to be the kong okay so like that's that. why that's why i i put <laughs> that so that's just some some weird um a little fun
0: uh makes you concept. Unique. I like yeah, it unique so uh
1: that's that and yeah uh super excited to uh, uh, be here and uh thank you for allowing me to uh, help you know um talk about this and to be honest like i can talk about this all day <laughs> but
0: as you should yeah. Okay, well, that has been another episode of Just Tamika. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in and hope to see you next time. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Just Tamika. In today's episode, I have the opportunity to speak to a group of young people. It happened to be in a church setting, but young people today are experiencing so much more than we did when we were their age, and I'm finding that many are struggling with anxiety, depression, and other issues. So sit back, take it in, and I would love to hear your feedback and comments and thoughts on the topic Um, You can leave suggestions for these young people. You can ask questions around maybe some of the things that I said or uh, just things that arose in you as you were listening. So I hope you enjoy it.